There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You know what that music means? It is another weekly episode of Playing It Forward with my main man, Mike Sauter. Uh, they they call me ODB. Mm-hmm. You're just really Sauter. Does anybody ever use Mike? Other than probably your wife when you're in the doghouse. My wife? My wife no, that's what she Mike? Mike, yeah. Hey, Mike. My mom. My, get to the grocery my, store. My mom and my brother are the only people that, and my sister-in-law are the only people that really call me Michael. Oh, Michael. That's when you're in trouble. Really? Oh, yeah. So, do your acquaintances call you Mike? Uh, yeah. yeah. And Some. and your guys call you Sauter? No, my guys call me Mike. Really? Like my friend, my close friends, yeah. Okay. Mike. Should I graduate over to Mike? <laughs> Whatever you want to do. I, I call you a lot of things. Just as long weird. as it's not, hey, you... Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Right? Uh, welcome back uh, to Playing It Forward. We tackle a lot of tough topics. We try to share what's going on in the community, uh, how folks in the community uh, are vibing, mm-hmm. how leadership skills of the folks that we talk to uh, are a reflection in the mm-hmm. community, how they've grown, what some of the current issues are. We tackle it all. We are the, well, since you're a Jets fan, we're the Joe, <laughs> we're the Joe Klecko. That's all right. of uh, podcasts. We try to tackle it all. Take that. Click okay. I would never. I would Gastino. Oh, Gastino. Well, he's kind of a one-trick pony. That's you sure true. you want to go Gastino over Clicko? All we can get right now. Well, no dancing. <laughs> hey, this week uh, promises to be highly, highly entertaining as uh, we talk to Lance Griffin uh, with the Omaha Street School. Does a lot with the Omaha Street School uh, over kind of seeing the Gap U program, which basically is what's next for the high school folks as they try to uh, incorporate, acquire some skills that will allow them to enter the job for seeing what's going on with next level opportunities. Some of you may know him as Michigan Lance. Uh, he is that guy on Twitter. A frequent caller to morning shows <laughs> and an oft thorn in the side of one Mike. Don't call me Michael Sauter. Lance, how are you? Good a- good afternoon. I'm good. good. Good afternoon, fellas. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Sauter uh, and Benny. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like Sauter and Benning in the afternoon. See, even on this show, my name can't come you first. Can't, it's crazy. It's just it just it just doesn't fit. I got to work on that. Is it the last name or is it my personality or what is it that keeps me from? Why am I always second? Secondary, not necessary. I think it's the last name. I think it just rolls better. Does it? Yeah. Well, I'm going to work on that. I'm going to change it. I'm going to change it. Change your last name. (laughs) Yeah. I think that they call that. I I can go to court, maybe the government or something. Better tell your wife and kids you want (laughs) to. Hey, I'm out. So so how's it going, man? What's going on? What's the latest and greatest with the street school? 
and maybe give us a little insight into what the Omaha Street School is. Uh, well, we're a uh, nonprofit private school, um, faith-based, uh, in, in North Omaha for of 45th and Benny. I'm sorry. Look, Benny's rolling off the tongue again. Yeah, see, it just, 40, it, it just happens. Yeah, not the school, the street, 45th and Bedford, <laughs> um, <laughs> right on the Better Together campus. Uh, we, we have a school there, high school, uh, 9 through 12, um, alternative school. Uh, we house about 33 students um, with four full-time teachers, principal, executive director. Um, one, and then in my role, uh, we have a director of care, Charles Wilson, Jr., and then my role, director of Gap U programs uh, for post-secondary uh, students. And then also um, I teach one class, Leadership Academy, which is under the umbrella of the Gap U program for, uh, for juniors and seniors. So um, in a nutshell, that's us, man, trying, trying to help our kids that are uh, we're the last, pretty much almost the last result resort, uh, such as, you know, there's alternative schools in, in Omaha Public Schools, Westside, Miller. Um, you know, we, we get the kids that don't even make it at their alternative schools. And so uh, we're that final stop before they kind of hit the streets or, or drop out or things of that nature. So, um, and we help them out in the best way we can. In- impacting kids' lives, right, is, uh, is basically – Everyone that works at the street school's job. Is, would that Most be- definitely. You know, our, our, uh, our, our motto is transformation through education. Um, so, so most definitely try, trying to help them. A lot of our, our students come from um, this, is their, this is their last hope. And so they're just looking to graduate. And some aren't even looking to graduate. They're just looking for a safe place to go to school. Um, and, and then – we try to help them with graduation. Uh, one of the things that we started to see was that, okay, when they graduated, they didn't know what was next. Hence, we started our, the Gap U program, our internship program uh, for postgraduates um, to help them with that hurdle help, uh, that transition from high school to adulthood. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because um, you talk about being a safe haven and just a place to go to school. So you're obviously – the epitome of meeting kids right where they're at, right? I mean, if you don't, it's not going to function correctly. How is where you've been in your educational career? You've got your master's, uh, highly educated. Uh, You've been at Benson. You've been at Omaha Northwest. You've been at Omaha Central. Uh, How was your previous experiences and, and, and maybe going to college out of state but being from here? helped you navigate some pretty difficult waters? Um, you know, our, our model this year at Omaha Street School is run with perseverance. Each year we have a new one, and, and that really, I didn't, that's uh, Charles Wilson came up with that. He does that every year. That he's, he, When we came with that, he's speaking to me. Uh, perseverance mm-hmm. th- through my life, uh, you know, coming from a single-parent home, um, growing up with predominantly women, my sister, my mother, um, you know, I, I saw how they worked and, and, and got their education and, and, and persevered through life, through, through tough battles. And, and so, you know, going to Bowie State University, uh, historically black college and university um, in Maryland, you know, being thousands of miles away from home, <laughs> you know, and then coming back 
to, to Wayne America, Wayne State College, where I got my master's, small town Nebraska, which I've never been to. I'm from Omaha, uh, so I had no reason to go to a small town in Nebraska. Uh, so I lived there for a couple of years, get my master's and having to adjust to that. And so um, all those things of culmination have helped me persevere, prepared me, and which, you know, trying to do with the, with the young students that I work with today. And, and you know, that's, um, that's coaching, you know, that's, that's, that's teaching, that's being a mentor, counselor, all, all those different things. Uh, one of the things that kept me grounded as well as always just working in the community, working in the community that I'm from in North Omaha, even, uh, you know, even having to persevere working at Concordia junior senior high school, um, coaching out there was a different extreme for me. Um, even though I'm from Omaha, I didn't spend a whole lot of my time in West Omaha, uh, which is, you know, Concordia's on 156th and Fort. And so being in that environment, but all those things that helped me, helped me persevere and really be, uh, and work through those things and finding out some of the stereotypes and prejudices that I had about that area or other areas were, were, were broken down, which I hope vice versa help for them too yeah it's interesting right you're one of the 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 few people in my sphere of influence um that as an african-american can talk on both sides of the street right you know what it is to alleviate stereotypes you know what it is to perpetuate stereotypes as you've grown and i and dare i use the word matured how, how is your vantage point changed of just being a a humanitarian versus this kind of person that has these amount of experiences? Um, you know, one thing I, I, I do, I never stop learning. And, and, and I, and I always, and I always embrace a challenge. And so, you know, when you go to a, a, a Florida community in Northwest Omaha, you know, which is Concordia, um, I would say that really, that experience, and, and that was how old was I? I was 35 years old at the time when I became the head coach there. Um, that experience enlightened me and helped me through to say, okay, I may know, you know, one or two. I may have a couple white friends that are very genuine uh, or, or been across a couple influences, coaches or whatever, but I, I never really sits the majority. And, and then what they taught me was that there could be a majority that, that doesn't look – at my race and, 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 and judge me for, or for what I look like, or just judge me for my performance and what I do, which is we all try to strive for as minorities just to be judged on, on, on that. What it is, I guess I'm going to change topics a little bit back to, your role at, back to your role at street school is how much can the community help? You say like for what you do, the gap programs is, can the community, you rely on community support, obviously, for the internships or helping kids find their way, those type of things. How much do you rely on the community and, and how can people help? So um, one thing that we, you know, that I said before, we're a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And so what that means is we don't get any government assistance. Uh, we, we have to write grants, 100 percent donations. Uh, things of that nature. And so you can go to omahastreetschool.com uh, to, to find out more information that it gives you on, on donating to us. And 
And people think uh, donating is always monetary, and, and it's not. Of course, right. we definitely need and, and want the monetary piece of it. But there's other ways, such as like my internship program. You may have a business where you can take an intern uh, that I have. Uh, you may can become a mentor in the classroom for a, a subject that you may be good at. Um, we, there's, you know, there's all different ways you can, you can donate, you know, whatever, toilet paper, uh, paper towels. Like we need, you know, school mm -hmm. supply. We need all that stuff. Too. We have to buy all that stuff ourselves. And so we get a lot of help, uh, but we can always use more. We, we can never use enough help because every year we have to reciprocate. We have to get these types of things. Um, so anytime you can come to omahastreetschool.com, learn how to volunteer, donate, learn more about the program, come take a tour, see what we're about. Um, that's the best way. And we're engaging. We get out in the community, like, like what I'm doing now. You know, you guys are giving me a platform to, to discuss the Omaha Street School. Um, but we're also out in the community. Uh, like I said, Charles Wilson Jr., he's our director of care. He's community engagement. He goes to churches every day in Omaha, spreading our word, uh, things of that nature. And, and, and us just working in the community, like, like DB, knowing connections, knowing you, uh, you know, sort of, you know, that that's word of mouth. You know what I mean? That's how we get it out there. But you can always go to our website at omahastreetschool.com to get more information. Yeah, it's interesting. A, a guy that's obviously well-educated, but has kind of used sports as his platform uh, to unite folks. What's this past year uh, in the country been like? Not only with the pandemic, uh, but there's been a lot of social justice issues. And we've seen sports even going all the way back to some of the NFL yeah. stuff uh, in 15 and 16, we've seen it kind of become divided. Mm -hmm. When you look at how what was once the great equalizer in some way, shape, or form be a little bit of a separator, what are you doing to either maybe combat, understand, digest, roll with that? Well, before I answer that question, let me ask you a question, uh, DB. Um, what if I've always incorporated? I probably started to call your show. When did, when did you start at? Uh, 20, when it was you and Sharp? 2020, the summer, the fall of 2012, going into 2013. Yeah, there you go. So I've been a caller since then. Mm. From that time up until this time, what was what was the one thing that I was always centered around when I was talking about sports? Boy, there's a lot. <laughs> Hold on, based based on the question you just asked me, that's based off the question you just asked me. Are always some way incorporated what race? Yeah. Exactly. There you go. Always from twenty from twenty twelve when you started on that show, and early on. People were now getting into the answer. You know, people were like, man, why is he always bringing up race? Why he always has to go? Why does he always have to go there? It's not always about <laughs> Oh, yeah. Okay? So when you say our country and, and others, our country has been divided in the last year. No, our country has always been divided. No, what's come to the light and the forefront is what I've been talking about publicly since 2012. So all you saw in 2020 was people who suppressed 
their bigotry, prejudice, racism come to the light and the forefront. All these people sit up here, and when I say all these people, I'm talking about white, black, Hispanic, whoever. All these people talk about, well, Trump divided the country and Trump is racist and he did this and he did that. Hold on a second. The only thing I attribute to him and give him credit for is bringing it to light that people have suppressed since the days of pre-civil rights movement, KKK, Jim Crow, all that has been suppressed, but it was still there. <laughs> all he did was bring it to the light and people felt comfortable within themselves to bring it out to the light on how they really feel and felt. He, he gave them the okay is what you're saying. Yes, yeah. yes, the okay again. Right. You know what I mean? The, the proudness, the oh, He's saying this, so now I can, oh, I feel now I have somebody who has my back that, that that you know, now I can come out and say it. Embolden. You can't, yeah. go ahead. And I just say embolden is, he's emboldened that. Um, yeah, yeah, right. It's always been there. Right. Yeah. And so, 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 so then you ask me, well, how did I deal with it or, or navigate, you know, I was just happy that dialogue was started to occur. Predominantly number one at the University of Nebraska. I've talked about it since 2012 as well. That was one of the things I talked about with University of Nebraska football, not having a minority, especially black, top assistant coaches, athletic department, no minority head coaches. When there's been a lot of minorities, specifically black players within their athletic program. And then you get to hear those former players, current, like within the last 10 years, players, and then, you know, your generation DB and, and, and before who weren't probably, who couldn't really speak up because of the backlash they would have felt or, or were suppressed to say, you know what? Hey, this is how I felt. And then you got white teammates at Nebraska. Hey, man, why? I didn't even know that. Those are the type of things that we've had to dealt with and suppress, and we felt we couldn't stick up, speak up, because, hey, I might, I had too much to lose, whether it's my scholarship, whether it was my spot um, on the team, or whether it was my, on the depth chart, whatever it was, or maybe, you know, and, and, and we're talking about Nebraska, so we're in Nebraska, but they're not the only ones. Iowa being exposed, Clemson, like all these different places that have been predominantly white, um, people start to speak up and have a conversation and the dialogue that we all need to have to move forward. That was, that was the good thing that came out of all this. Everybody always focuses on the bad. The good thing about this is that we're talking about it like we are right now with a white guy, Mike Souter, black guy, Damon, me being a black guy. We have to have dialogue and conversation about this or we'll never move forward. Yeah. How, how do we, what, what's next steps then? How do we as a country or a football program or a basketball program right. or what, what's, I, I, what's in your opinion, what's the next steps to I, kind of uh-huh. move forward from that? Yeah. So, so a lot of people, so what's also good come out of this, you, you found companies really put an emphasis on minority hires and I'm talking about any, you know, whether it's CVS, um, which, which I know for sure, because I know somebody that works there. Um, 
you know, just different companies and businesses. You know, even at Omaha Street School, we had, you know, yeah, we care about people. We're faith-based Christian. You know what I mean? We still had to have a dialogue as well as a, as a team. You know what I mean? And so um, the, the next step is minorities being judged and put in position for hire uh, to make decisions, whether it's a producer, whether it's a, a manager, a owner, you know what I mean? A vice president, CEO or CFO. Like we've gotten, we've moved to where we've gotten good jobs. And, but now we need to move to the ceiling, that glass ceiling that's been holding us back to put us in position, a la the NFL, you know, they're going to hire people who they know, who they like, who they feel comfortable and and with. That's what the majority of the white guys are going to do. Now, black people, Hispanic people, whatever race or gender you are, we're all going to do that. We're just not been in those positions to do it. So that the next step, Mike, is to we need to be in decision making positions, hiring positions for this country, because the majority of the country or a lot of it now is minority. So so we need to be decision makers and policy holders, things of that nature, too. Let me ask you something, I think, because one of the things that kind of drew me to you is I'm a big self-inventory guy. I like guys to be able to take a look at themselves and gals real time, kind of assess what they're at, where they're at, um, you know, see what helps, see what hurts. And one of the things I've always appreciated is you're an equal opportunity offender. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't I mean, that's just the way it is, right? Uh, yeah. You grew up a Creighton fan. You're very tough on Creighton. You are, uh, your namesake, a huge Michigan fan. Very difficult on Michigan. Where do you draw the line between being a contrarian and, as the kids would say, just no cap, just keeping it real? Like, because mm-hmm. part of your brand is to not go along and still get along. But it really, at the end of the day, is it's all about you're willing to assess something on the fly, even though you may actually like it. You're not afraid to say the negative either. Yeah, so you're asking me how, how, do, I, how do I Yeah, it's, it's I mean, you've made, you've made a living doing it. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what, D.B.? You're a Chicago Bulls fan, and you badmouth Jordan. You... You're a Michigan fan, and you, and you don't like couldn't Jim get Harbaugh. Don Brown out of yeah. there soon enough right. and had already one, put Harbaugh yeah. on the hot seat. Yeah. Okay, so you grew up a Creighton fan, and if they don't get to the second weekend, the season's a failure. <laughs> right. So, so here's the thing. Again, what did I say early? I'm, always, I'm all about learning. I'm all about learning, getting better, um, not staying stagnant in the same place, self-inventory. Where was I at five years ago? Where was I at 10 years ago? What did I, you know, what did I didn't do? And try to get better from there. Once you, I believe once you reach a certain point in life and in sports, whatever it is, continue to grow and get better until your clock stops. Mm. And so I'm not going to sit back and rest on my laurels and say, oh, okay, oh, well, it's good enough. We made it this far, or I made it this far. That's good enough. No, you can always be better. And so 
that's what I hold accountable for me, my family, my kids, and everyone that's around me. Of course, yeah, I'm going to acknowledge the good. I'm going to I'm going to support you. I'm going to cheer for you, but I'm also going to be okay, what's next to get better? And so that's why I do those things and and, and assess and I just want to and we're on and, and, and what here's the other thing. So like when you say I talk about Jordan for the side. Listen, man, when I was growing up, Jordan was my favorite player. Uh, you know, Jordan was like, you know, in the sense he was like a god to me, a, a mythical figure. And then as you kind of grow and get older, you're like, and 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 the, the insecurities that you have or, or the trials and tribulations that you have, like, you find out, oh, these people are human and have those things too. Why didn't nobody ever tell me that? So then I wouldn't have been so disappointed when I found out, oh, they're not perfect. Like I'm, I'm not, I, you know, I, I don't like to hoodwink people. That, that's why Iverson is one of, you know, became my favorite player after Jordan because we saw the good, the bad, the ugly. And guess what? That's life. That's being a human. That's human nature. That's all of us. Nobody's out here perfect. And so, but all I try to, and I tell my kids is that my kids, my, my kids that I have, and the kids that I work with, who I call my kids as well, because I don't treat them any different. The same expectations I have for my own personal three kids I have, I have for my students and, and players that I work for too. Listen, all, all you can do is do more good than bad in your life. Make more, make less mistakes in your life than majority of mistakes, because we all gonna make mistakes and do bad. The thing about it is, how much good are you going to put out into the world and do? That's how you be successful. I think a key to that, too, is when you make the mistake, you own it and you yep. work to get better. Kind of like, I mean, one of the biggest, I don't know, reclamation project is it, but I, I just watched the Tiger Woods doc. Right. Like the two-season two season thing. And, I mean, that dude was way, like, I mean, when all that came out, it was like, holy cow. And watching that reminded me of it. And now you look at it like everyone still cheers Tiger because he he kind of owned it, right? Well, I think everybody <laughs> likes a good comeback story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, it was, yeah, that was a bad press conference that he did. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. But, um, you know, when he's that's, that's why about I said it, but, kind of owned it. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but here's the thing, man. At the end of the day, when we talk about sports entertainers or people who are on TV, like – Appreciate them for what they do for that, for that, what in sports, entertainment, TV, movies, that's what that's, that doesn't mean that's a hundred percent them. That's one thing that they do. Okay. And then everybody wants to take it personal when they mess up. Oh, see, look what he did. That's his personal life. We can all look into each other's personal life and find some things that aren't the greatest showing of you. And so that's what we need to get away from is idolizing people where, where they take, okay, he's a great golfer. Okay, that doesn't mean he's the best husband, the best father, the best. I mean, there, you know, we've gotten to the point where we've gotten too much information from people. That's none of our people's personal lives, none of our business. Hey, I try to keep it professional. Two things before we wrap this up. You told a great story the other day because you said you don't like to hoodwink people. You, yeah. you, you go sh- – you're not afraid to ask the tough questions, and you're you you found this balance between being confrontational and asking the questions. 
For those listening to this podcast at home, you saw a real-life manifestation of it in your own home with your daughter at school when she was punched in the stomach the other day. <laughs> Tell that story because I love the analogy. I'm like, I'm not an advocate of, listen, I'm not advocating violence, but yeah, to keep it 100, <laughs> the lesson and the moral behind the story was nothing short of fantastic. So, okay, so this is great because Mike covers high school sports. DBU coach high school sports and got kids in high school sports right now. And I said, one of the things in the last 10 years that we that I think we saw in the generation is not mentally tough kids. And so, excuse me, you know what? The, and it's not even just in sports, academically, whatever it may be, just in society as a general. In general. And so one of the things, like, like I love what Mike said. Okay, so what's the next step? What's the solution? Me, Damon, a couple other people I see with their kids nowadays, this next generation coming up, I see fathers holding their kids accountable and making them mentally tough. What, and what I mean by that is it doesn't always have to be a fist fight. Just, it's, it's just standing up for yourself, being able to persevere and work through difficult times. And so there's a situation with my daughter, and, and it's funny, D, because she's told me, she told me, when she told me the story, it happened three or more, three or four months before. And the one thing she said was, oh, dad, I knew you were going to get riled up. That's why I didn't even tell you till now. So she, she says, uh, so-and-so punched me in the stomach. And, uh, you know, I'm fathering my youngest daughter, my baby girl. Hold on, what? What happened? And, you know, yeah, he punched me. I said, so did you punch him back? <laughs> so she said no. And now I'm getting really mad because that's not what I, hey, man, you better defend yourself. Nobody touches you. You put, They put their hands on you. You put your hands on them. And so um, just to defend yourself, that's all. And so, <laughs> yeah. uh, so she said, I said, well, why didn't you hit them back? And she said, no, I went to go hit so-and-so, some girl. And I was like, well, why'd you go punch her in the stomach? She said, because she told him to punch me in the stomach. I said, oh, you're my, ba- oh, yes, you're my daughter. <laughs> you went after the source. You didn't have to go around. Yeah. Don't deal with the little minions. No. So the source of no, the next time you ever, you won't ever try to pull that with me. I'm coming to you. <laughs> and so that's what I'm about. I'm about going head on, face to face, confronting things because there's so much minutia that people go through to get to things. No, man, let's get straight on, straight to the point, and we can work from there. And get better. All right. So again, I said two things. It's two things now. Number one, how many how many people in that sphere of in your sphere of influence as you've grown up have you lost because of that philosophy? Because that's not for everybody. And right. number and number two, I need you to say again how we can support and help the Omaha Street School. Okay. So you know, listen. You, you got to know when fight or flight. I understand that. You know what I mean? My, my kids are young. And so, believe you me, I'm talking them through situations. And so, you know, just defending themselves, not letting things happen, just standing up for yourself. Because I see a lot of people that don't. And I don't tell them every time, hey, you know, go tell the teacher. You know, I also tell them, you know, go tell the teacher, you know, detrimental situation. It, it was it was a playful thing, kind of hurt. You know what I mean? But if he would have hit her like with a two by four or something, yeah. I would have said, hey, go tell the teacher. Like, this is a different situation. Right. And so, yeah, man, there, there's situations to where 
I've lost people that you may, you know, I, I won't say their name because I'll tell the story of how I lost them because you guys know them, a former basketball player. Um, you know, here was a guy that was a good kid, um, but felt that because of peer pressure that he had to go do something to show other people. So, like, it was a money situation. You know what? I, I don't want to come here and not have any money. So what did he go do? He, he didn't have any, So he went to go rob somebody. And, it, and, and in the sense of going to rob somebody, that person shot him and killed him. Now, my buddy was in the wrong because you don't just go kick in somebody's door and go rob them. But then again, he felt the peer pressure of peers and others of, you know what, I have to live a certain lifestyle to show these people. And that's what I am teaching my kids and understanding the difference in situations, just like the police brutality we're dealing with. I had to have conversations with my 11, 10, uh, my 11, my 10, and my six-year-old about police brutality. That's way too early. I wanted to have that conversation with them this summer, but it had to be done because they seen it plastered everywhere. So I'm not going to tell them if a policeman cusses you out to cuss them out. No. You better know the protocol. You're not like everybody else. Hands on the steering wheel, look forward, do as they say, come home safe. That's the ultimate goal. Mm -hmm. And so, like you said, DB, I got to ask the question. I got to find different solutions. So it's not always fight. There's flight as well. Um, please, you know, go to omahastreetschool.com. All the information that you need is on that website, whether it's my Gap U program, volunteers, how to donate, what about our school, what our uh, five pillars are, what our um, mission statement is. That's, a, that's the best thing to do. Everybody has electronic devices. OmahaStreetSchool.com. Come check us out. Michigan Lance, I didn't think you'd disappoint. Pretty much a straight shooter. Sauter's no longer scared of you anymore. I think he feels <laughs> like you're a lot more approachable. I was never <laughs> talking about Hey. Listen, Sauter's over here like Bone Crusher, man. Never scared. Ah! I'm Until kidding. Until he heard my name. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, that was, that was a great song in, like, what was that, 2000? Early oh, 2000? that was an amazing song. Yeah, in my 20s, oh, yeah, turn it yeah. up there, man. That's my guy. That's hey, Michigan. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you for the platform. Uh, thank you for everything that you've done for me, DP. You too, Sauter. appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. You're the man. How about that? That was good. Yeah, he doesn't mince a lot of words. No, no, no. It was good. That's exactly what I, I think we wanted, right? It is, man. Planet Forward, you can always learn something. We'll be back next week. Special guest. I think next week we're going to focus on business models, mm -hmm. leadership, and how to build from the ground up. Yeah. I think we both. We might be. We, we, Sasha, we might be here a while on that one. I think we got a guy, <laughs> yeah. and I think we both know a guy. Might need an hour. <laughs> He's highly, highly entertaining. We won't disappoint a lot like Michigan Lance, the Ken Kangers, the Dr. Lucases of the world, even when it's just me and old MS. Got a little opinion from me. Yeah. yeah. We'll take good care of you. Be back next week. When the pod drops, it's playing it forward. Don't miss out. A Huda Media Production.